All right. You two, y'all play nice. And I want you to tell each other right now how much you love each other. Go ahead. Love you, Katrina. Love you, Richard. That's our producer. Don't, don't you feel better? Who has uh, noted that during musical-related episodes, <laughs> there is an increase in passion. So she wanted to get that in right at the front gate. So. I'm so tickled. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sitting over there. That's the producer that that you were married to. And so she knows what's in your mind. So I'm like preparing myself. What's he about to say? Great. So instead of calming the room down. No, I'm like that. scared. That's great. <laughs> scared. And, and amused. All oh, right. Boy. That's one for the money. She doesn't even know what my rankings are. So don't worry <laughs> about show. that. Hey. Three, four, we can on fleek. Actually, four to go. We got four. These are musical biopics where men are the focus. We've got four amazing, amazing films that we're going to talk about here. Absolutely. One of my very favorite topics we've ever had on this podcast. Walk the Line, um, which is Johnny Cash biopic. Elvis, obvious. Ray... Also obvious, Ray Charles and Bohemian Rhapsody about our main man from Queen. It's really so, about the band Queen, but particularly focused on Freddie Mercury. Right. Freddie, we got Freddie Mercury, Mercury at the helm. Mercury, of Mercury. Uh, like I really couldn't say that for a second. Like my mouth would not let myself. <laughs> say Mer- Mercury, Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Mercury. Okay. Okay. I think we've, we've not on purpose. I, I don't know why, but my <laughs> mouth was malfunctioning for just a second. Probably because I'm thinking about all this testosterone. It's like completely throwing me off. Um, mm. I love this. I love this for a lot of reasons. One it is music. We just mentioned that already. There's right. passion that ignites my passion, absolutely. And then we've got there's all these men. <laughs> Which is just the same thing, only different. It's raining men. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, so we have criteria that was decided uh, upon by our producers. So I just wanted our to producers say that first. have been more involved in this episode <laughs> than any other episode's they, content. They sat through uh, the debacle of last season. <laughs> oh, boy. So anyway, the criteria are um, how well uh, the main person is embodied by the main actor. Um, the voice, like how close it comes to the iconic voice, if that person was lip syncing or if it was, you know, genuine uh, singing. And then the overall film. Those right. were the criteria. So, all right. The producer would be happy to note that in my notes, all of that content is there. So <laughs> good. Excellent. <Phew. laughs> All right. Well, here we go. How can we find a week? But we've got two right now. So what do you think is the week, Richard? For my week, I have selected Bohemian Rhapsody. I have also selected Bohemian Rhapsody. See, I knew that. You In knew my it? Bones, I knew that we were going to be simpatico there. 
but it's not because the film is not amazing. I've watched it many times and I love it. I love it still. It's got lots of highs, like the soundtrack for one thing. Right. And Rami Malek for another thing, who won an Oscar for this film. I have to say the only thing, and like I had to choose a bottom. And so this was the thing that there was too much of that, like looking into the camera and winking kind of stuff. Yes. Like during the times where they were writing the songs where it's like, you're, you're, you're going to recognize this one guys is wait, mm-hmm. wait for it. This is the backstory. And it's like fun because we love the music, but at the same time, hmm, it's a little bit of a ding for me. what do you think? I, I would agree. Um, I, and perhaps you're going to gasp at this, but I feel like of our four actors, all of them did a magnificent job channeling the the man that they were portraying. But I feel yeah. for me, Rami Malek was, I saw him, I saw Malek more than I saw any of the other three actors, hmm. if that makes sense. Okay. Um, Freddie Mercury, to me, when I see Freddie Mercury, I see a bigness. And even though he and Malik are similar height, similar, probably similar build, there's something about Mercury's presence that I think is very hard to match. Mm. Just being just being real. Um, plus, I, I don't think Malik really sang any of the vocals. Right. Um, they were all dubbed, which can you fault the guy? No. I mean, it's Freddie Mercury. The The vocal talent there is well-documented and amazing. Um, but I agree with you. It felt very winky at times. Um, it also felt very watered down in some ways because the harshness of their story and Mercury's story in particular, I feel like is dealt with very delicately and is made palatable for a family audience so you think if they had made an r-rated bohemian rhapsody it might have been a little truer then oh i'm sure it would have been truer would it have been better i don't know um but with all four of these movies there is a, a decided effort to make these guys palatable to the audience right because all four of these guys did things as a result of their fame and and the price of fame that were not good things. Yeah, that was definitely a similarity, right? Common theme. Um, so much of 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 what goes on with these four guys is what what their celebrity and their talents, if you will, Costs does them. to them. Yeah. And uh, for him, I feel like his is probably the most sanitized of the four movies in terms of what it shows and how it portrays him. Mm, so that's fair. He still did well for himself. He won a golden globe for that and an Oscar. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and Rami Malek's and, talent is. Yeah. And rightfully so. I really like, I really liked yeah. him. I really like what he did. Um, I like, what I also, th- him. I also think that this film suffers somewhat from the fact that its original director, Brian Singer, was pulled before the filming was completed 
and they got in a new director. And I think sometimes the, I think the movie that Brian Singer was making versus the movie that was made and the other director's name has popped out of my head now. Um, I think they were making different movies. And I think I don't think that I realized that, but that I, mean, I can see that. I can see that what you're saying. Our producer's looking it up over here. Um, Brian Singer and... was the original. Okay, well, somebody did. <laughs> somebody did. Sorry, person who did it. I'm sure when you listen to this podcast, you're going to be. Um, He's going to be so okay. offended. He's yep. going to be so offended. Um, but can I just say how much that I love the soundtrack? I said that already. And oh, Queen's yeah. music in general. And so the um, concert that is portrayed at the end. The Live Aid. The Live Aid. Um, their part is often cited as the best live rock and roll performance of all time. And we're talking Dexter Fletcher is the name of the person that took over for Brian Singer. Yes. There you go. Thanks, producer. Thank um, look at the producers go. So <laughs> anyway, so and I I mean, when I think about that, the the scale of that concert and all of those folks in there being in there right. and that, the energy. <clears throat> I mean, I and I put myself in you know, in that position because I've been in front of an audience before, definitely not one that big, but, no. <laughs> but like it, it gives you like juice, like you're juiced oh, up. You're, sure. you're yeah. so like live. It's so, you know, alive and what a, mm -hmm. what a, what a experience. And, you know, if he, he was ill at that time and he had been out of the game for so long, what that probably felt like for him. Right. Was, you know, I'm sure had to have changed him in that moment right uh one thing i will say in this movie's favor as well is that it it does give the other members of queen their moments um because brian may him alone one of the most amazing guitarists in any band ever um truly a gifted gifted guitarist and an astrophysicist for some reason. That's so cool. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I feel like his story probably could go, go on its own little path and everything. And so each of the members of the band get their moments. And does that feel at times maybe a little gimmicky and a little, you know, pushed in there? Yes. But I also like that it has that balance because Queen was not just Freddie Mercury um he's and, he's the front man he's the vocalist so he's and he is the one who has the most like out there story but you know and um, you see I that, like that the others were given weight fair and you see that from the storytelling because one of the first shots is freddie mercury you know going up that little ramp to go onto the stage for live ed and all you see is him and right. the end of the film you get the same shot, but you see the rest of the band with him. Yeah. You're able to take that journey um, with him too. It isn't just him. It's them. It's all of right. them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. And this is our, this is our week film. This, <laughs> we're all like, Oh yeah. And this, and this, and this, but yeah, the gimmick, the gimmick is, is uh, what busts it for me <clears throat> and makes it not be in the middle or at the tops. So speaking of the tops, let's shift, Richard. Okay. What's your on fleek choice for men musical biopics? Um, 
It was more difficult than I thought it was going to be. Um, I rewatched all of these movies. Well, I watched Elvis for the first time, um, but the and, and Ray for the first time for this. But the other two I'd already seen. Um, and I'm going to go with, and it's it's funny because I actually have really deep reservations about this. I'm <laughs> going to go with Walk the Line. Okay. But I have reservations and I will. Explain. I know exactly what those reservations are going to be. And I had this conversation already. <laughs> it's like, I wonder if he's going to stick to that um, whole little thing. But we're talking about, we've already mentioned that the, these four men that we're talking about, the price of fame really hit these four artists particularly hard. And right. all of them succumbed to some kind of addictions right. and, um, challenges relationally to people and so we get that in different forms with all four of these artists but specifically in walk the line i know what you're gonna say oh well i should name my own fleek too then <clears throat> so my own fleek i'm gonna go with elvis mm -hmm. i was gonna i was gonna say walk the line i really was right. and i was like no i have a really good argument for elvis so we're going to go with that. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> right. Let's talk about walk the line. Um, okay. So walk the line. I, number one, I feel like Joaquin Phoenix channeled Johnny Cash. I don't, he doesn't particularly look like him. Um, and he doesn't particularly sound like him as a singer, but he had the man's, soul mm -hmm. and johnny cash actually selected joaquin phoenix yes um before he died he and his son were talking about actors who could play the part and he said joaquin phoenix who wouldn't and, say joaquin phoenix phoenix <laughs> he like uh, takes over he inhabits yeah he, he inhabits people and and so he for me really did a phenomenal job he sang all of the songs there's no dubbing there's no mixing of his vocals with cashes that's him doing that music and yeah. while he does not sound exactly like johnny cash again there's the the feeling of those vocals right the spirit of johnny cash a great job and reese witherspoon right. doesn't sound a dadgum thing like june carter cash just doesn't but she also and i'm not a huge reese witherspoon person she did a phenomenal job she is phenomenal in this film that's um, why this movie was tops for me for a long time on this right. list while, we're, while we were preparing is because there were two people it wasn't just joaquin it was also reese who did the same thing both of them learned how to play instruments from scratch yes both learned how to play instruments from scratch and how to sing this particular style and like you pointed out they don't sound like the people, but they are trained enough vocal technique and style, coached mm -hmm. in style, enough for it to be convincing that you're watching Johnny Cash and June Carter. And like it makes sense that these that those people are playing those those characters. I also liked this uh, movie because it was it showed how his life and his career weaved in with other stars and how their life impacted him in one way or another. Jerry Lee Lewis, um, Elvis, right. this is a crossover here. 
you know uh, Elvis is in this movie for a little bit um, and and so I like that it showed the influences on him I like um, the supporting cast Robert Patrick playing his father in particular gets to play a part that is really that could have been very one-dimensional but the script and the actor give his father layers and a growth and a change over the course of the movie that you don't really get very often in, in kind of those smaller parts. Um, like all of these movies, they kind of sanitized Cash's behavior to some extent, mm -hmm. but I do feel like they stared it enough in the face for you to understand to some extent just how much his addictions and his infidelity and all of those things were, were messing up his life and messing up not just his personal life, but his professional life. So in that um, breath, can we talk about why you had reservations? Yes, I'm about to talk about why I have reservations. So Johnny Cash is, of, of these people, he's the one I'm the most familiar with. I've read his memoirs. I, I know his music. I know... Uh, I've read a lot about him. Um, and so there's a, a point in Cash's life where he was at his absolute lowest. And he went into a cave in Tennessee with the express intention of dying. He crawled into that cave to die. And he's laying in the pitch black of this cave. And Cash has a spiritual experience where he felt God communicating with him in some way. And while he wasn't stone cold sober after that day or anything like that, he cites that as a turning point in his life. He says, that's the moment where I realized that I need to start fighting this and start getting out of this. And that is not in this movie. And I think that's a travesty. I think that that is a absolute, it's a travesty to waste a great actor like Joaquin Phoenix, who could have done that moment justice and made it powerful and impactful. And I also think it does a disservice to Cash because June Carter Cash deserves so much credit for helping him and pulling him out of his addictions and, and yeah. helping him do better. I, and I'm glad that she gets the credit that she does in this movie. But Johnny Cash also deserves credit for waking up to what he was what he was becoming and fighting. And I, the I movie like makes Sorry. Yeah, the movie makes him look a lot more passive in this. It makes it look like June cloistered him and got a, her dad's shotgun out and kept his dealers away. And that may all be true. <laughs> um, but there's also the man who's trying to fight and who's asking for help. And I wish that they had done a little bit more of a balanced portrayal there. Well, that's powerful. I really feel like the ending of the film would have benefited from that. I agree. I think it probably would have been indomitable if that had been the case. There would, I agree. There would have been no other choice. And when I was watching it again, I was like, wait, isn't this scene in there? Like it was so in my head mm. that it was a part of his life that I thought it was in the movie. But it is still, despite that, for me, it's the best one of this bunch. I thought you were going to talk about how... Um, he, he was unfaithful to his wife and then he beat her and the kids saw, I thought you were going to say, oh, yeah. because you don't like violence towards well, women and children. Yeah. And, and the fact that they watered down mm -hmm. 
those things. But I mean, look at every single person here. And yeah, look at all, all four of these guys. They all had things watered down. Um, sure. But Joaquin Phoenix's performance, Reese Witherspoon's performance, were so transcendently good. They were very good. Even with those missing pieces, um, even with that really big missing piece, for me, this was still good. And James Mangold as a director, I feel like this is not a flashy movie. There's not a lot of camera tricks going on. There's not a lot of stuff. It's a very, it's almost, it's filmed very subtly. And I liked that. It's also um, the most, in my opinion, palatable. I don't want to say commercial because that makes you think of bad things. I don't want to say that. Right. But it is the most palatable, in my opinion, of these four. It's the one that feels like the biggest, like grandiose without right. tricks. So well, and it also, it's the only one that has a true, a true, in my mind, happy ending. Mm. And Ray, you can kind of make Sad. the argument that it, that it has a happy ending. But Ray, we'll, we'll, we'll get into Ray. Gotcha. We'll get into Ray. Sending it, Ray. <clears throat> yes, I'd love to talk about that because uh, Ray, for me, I mean, that that is etched in my memory from the day that I saw it the first time. Right. And I, like, I felt transformed after seeing that film and s- observing Ray Charles' life. Um, yeah. But we'll talk about that in just a minute. Let me talk about Elvis. Yes, let's talk about Elvis, Ooh. which was my number two, by the way. Oh, wow. Cool. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, of this criteria, I, I, I got to start off with Baz Luhrmann because he was the reason why I was like, I can't choose Elvis as the on-fleek choice because his movies are so stylized. Sometimes they're hard to take. Like you either love Baz Luhrmann or you hate his filmmaking. And... I, in particular, love his filmmaking. Here's why I'm going to say that Elvis is the best of these four. Think about Elvis as a person. Elvis, like, broke down walls. He changed music. And um, he combined things from different aspects of his life. He made himself relevant in this world. And the world embraced it and it was transformed. And look at how Baslerman makes his films. Look how he made Elvis's music relevant to us today. Look at the soundtrack alone. I mean, he took, he took Elvis's music, which, you know, you don't want to pollute that. You don't have to because Elvis's music is amazing and his voice is wonderful. It is. But I mean, what he incorporated and the people he got to cover his songs or, you know, or sample Elvis's music was a revolutionary kind of in a way that is like has it's like a Elvis trademark. It's it's very interesting. It's revolutionary. And in that spirit, I was like, OK, I, I'm going to say Elvis is the number one film because because when you consider the person that Elvis is and the way he transformed things um, and things that were in, in our society, very sour, very, you know, if you reflect on them, very poor in our favor, um, the way certain peoples were treated and um, the way he changed things, you need somebody 
to uphold that vision through something that's very groundbreaking. And it has to be through some kind of strange, you know, spectacle because it's Elvis. Elvis, you think like the, the suits, you think of Las Vegas right. and all that kind of stuff, the, glit, the glam. Baz Luhrmann is actually the perfect guy to home this project. Right. And I agree. And I am grateful that he did not do Walk the Line. <laughs> because you're my that would not have that would not have been a good meeting of director and that would that would have been a strange combination would have been a very strange i think no i think he's a great director for elvis um i'm gonna chime in here and, and tell you that one of the reasons why this one ranks very high for me i actually differed from you in the feelings about introducing the modern music you saw, and I understand your perspective. I heard it and thought, this feels like he doesn't trust the music. This feels like he doesn't think that Elvis's music is powerful enough to modern audiences. So he's cutting in these little modern touches here and there to keep the, the energy or the attention. And I, I get your perspective and maybe you're right and maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I, as I listened to it, I was like, we didn't need that. Elvis's music is good enough. Don't put in these extraneous things. I totally get that point. In fact, when I saw the trailer, I was like, what is this? You know, and that Doja Cat song. And yes. uh, but I tell you what, when I saw the film and the more I saw the film and the more I saw the film, I saw the film a lot. <laughs> it's a slash, I'm seeing the film a lot. Um <clears throat> the more it made sense to me and the more it was like, right. it's gotta be different because he's a different kind of filmmaker and Elvis was a different kind of musician that yeah. was revolutionary. It's gotta be different because he's making yeah. a point with the choices. It's not, it's not obvious. Elvis wasn't obvious. Elvis yeah. was surprise. So it needs yeah. to be surprising. Uh, so, but I, I understand what you're saying. But my reason for, for putting this film very close a lot closer than I thought it was going to be to walk the line <laughs> was because it had a villain. Mm. And I think that Colonel Tom Parker, while awful in real life and dreadful and horrible, what happened in his toxic relationship with Elvis, very compelling to watch on screen and to see the dynamic between the two of them. Um, and much has been made about Tom Hanks's <laughs> accent and oh, I can't choices. wait to talk about this <laughs> and all of those fun things. I really liked his performance. I found him to be immersed in a character where a lot of times when we see Tom Hanks on screen, we see Tom Hanks on screen. And we didn't I didn't see Tom Hanks. I saw Colonel Tom Parker. And I saw a nasty, he was creepy, creepy spider, you know, spinning his web and sucking the life out of Elvis. Um, he did a good job. So didn't he? It was really sad. He, 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 he did a really good job. And for me, that was a big maker of the movie. Well, very interesting. I'm going to come back to that because I want to talk about Tom Hanks and more, but I, we got to talk about Austin Butler. Right. So, I mean, and Austin Butler is the reason why, besides the brilliance of Baz Luhrmann and all that kind of stuff, Austin Butler is the reason why I like this film so much. 
And all four of these people, okay, so Joaquin Phoenix won an Oscar for his portrayal. Jamie Foxx won an Oscar for his portrayal of Ray Charles. And then we already said Rami Malek won his won awards for his as well. When I saw this the first time, I mean, I sat there in the movie theater and I was like, what just, what just happened? Right. And I mean, I really, and truly, I've seen a lot of movies. All these podcasts are evidence of that. <laughs> and then some, I mean, I've seen my share. Austin Butler's portrayal of Elvis is one of the best performances I've ever seen in my whole life. Right. And he is, he talking about like this capturing the spirit of somebody. He was, he was down that Elvis at an elemental level where it was like, yes, I see, I see that. Oh, I see the spirit of Elvis in him. Like you don't have to right. look exactly like him. You don't even have to sound exactly like him because you're just, you're so much just the spirit of him. But he was like feral. He was like primal, almost like, like animalistic in his portrayal and yeah. his, his voice, his speaking voice. It was almost creepy. <laughs> she sounded like Elvis. And, and his singing was also singing. really good. Yes. Really and good. That, I mean, it did eventually get mixed in. It was him at the beginning. Yeah. And then they started older, mixing they mixed, it. Yeah. Yes. With Elvis. But when you put like Elvis side by side with Austin Butler, it's, it's uncanny. It's uncanny that his mannerisms that he got and his Austin Butler's choices, his, his what he did with his eyes and his face i tell you what it woke me up to austin butler that is for sure for lots of reasons um but then i was like who is this who is this guy and i started watching him and doing other things he's brilliant and other things as well but right. um but this particular role was absolutely transformative and i think a career maker people have said that over and over again right. um and holy cow let's talk about how um magnetic Elvis is as a person and like how many females were showing up at his uh, hotel room over and over and over again. This Austin Butler has that kind of magnetism, maybe more. I don't know. I was not around for Elvis, <laughs> Whew, but I got to say as a female, holy smokes that I was coming back and back and back to the theater, just like them girls were coming back and back and back to his hotel room. <laughs> I'm just being real. <laughs> I, I'm gonna try not to draw those comparative lines too much there. Um, I will tell you one thing that I had a hard time with all of these movies to some extent um, was the 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 need to make the vices and the bad things that these men did palatable and acceptable and i remember watching this movie and seeing all these women in vegas coming up and making out with elvis as his wife is sitting there watching and knowing that this is like barely scratching the surface of the nastiness that this man got up to and yeah. tom parker's voiceover says something to the effect of 
uh, he's bearing the weight of so much adoration <laughs> that, you know, yeah. he had to give in to these, these indulgences because the love of the world, you know, and it's like, give me a break. <laughs> Was he a genius as a vocalist? Yes. Yes. Was he a fantastic musician in the sense of exactly yes. what you said, breaking down genres, yes. crossing boundaries of, of what was acceptable and what wasn't, and turning performance into a visceral, um, primal, sexual thing? Genius. I mean, you can't deny it. But he was a scumbag. Yeah. He was a scumbag. All, all of these just All of them <laughs> at start. some point were, or another in their life did truly deplorable and awful things. And so the, the attempt to place them on a pedestal for anything other than their talents, for me, I sometimes kind of like, er, I don't like it because he did good things. It's undeniable. And he did good things in singing about causes that mattered and sure. in supporting certain things. And so and hopefully what these movies do is they do make you to some extent uncomfortable and they make you think and they make you go, okay, how much weight should I give the people out there who are famous sure. and how much credence should I give them? And, but also to say, you know, I may not like everything about this guy, but I support this aspect and I can get behind this aspect of whatever they are. And Is learning how to deal with your, your relationship with celebrity or whatever. Sure. And it's a difficult balancing act too, because if you just talk about it from the music perspective, the power of music and what it does, what it does for people, how it opens your feelings and open up, opens up your mind and helps you experience things and face things that are sometimes very right. difficult to face. I understand. And Again, we talked about this with Bohemian Rhapsody and how it feels like to be in front of an audience. Uh, as a performer, it kind of almost distorts your worldview. Oh yeah, totally. Because you, because of this, the extreme highs that you get, and so when we're talking about the morality aspect, I agree with you, and we have to be very careful not to be too idolatrous of that kind of thing in lifestyle, you know, musician, actor, anyone. Um, however, I mean, we gotta, we gotta have a personal moral compass that's a little stronger than that. But I understand how you could start to come up with a, a made up morality that's based right. on, you know, the, these experiences that are not normal to have. I'm an exceptional on, person. Therefore I have an exceptional set of rules. Right. And not even on purpose necessarily. It's just something right. that happens. We're yeah. going to have to talk about that in the bonus. This is a very interesting discussion. For so sure. let's, let's tie a little ribbon around this and put a pin in it until the bonus. Let's rate these guys. How okay. about uh, out of 10 affairs <laughs> <laughs> or 10 overdoses? <laughs> Which one's Man, worse? we're, Way to get the positives in these rankings here. <laughs> or 10, 10 gold records. <laughs> there you go. 10, 10 gold albums. Um, heck, let's do platinum. Um, okay. So 
Uh, and we'll talk about this more in the bonus, but these were hard for me. They're hard for me to watch, really? but I will give them and I'll give it a seven. Give it a seven. Holy cow. I'm saying 10 all the way. More I if I could are. give it out. 11. That's because we have different experiences with these things. Oh my gosh. I'm so, I'm so full of it. Like, I'm, I mean, full of the, the feelings, <laughs> full of it, <laughs> full of the feelings. Not full of the other thing. Passion and whatever. Well, we can talk about that later too. Anyway, we'll see you in the bonus. <laughs>